Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. John Milton, Paradise Lost, Book 4, Lines 170 through 390. Now to the ascent of that steep savage hill, Satan had journeyed on, pensive and slow. But further away found none, so thick entwined as one continued break, the undergrowth of shrubs and tangling bushes had perplexed all path of man or beast that passed that way. One gate there only was, and that looked east on the other side, which, when the arch fell and saw, due entrance he disdained, and, in contempt, at one flight bound, high overleaped all bound of hill or highest wall, and sheer within lights on his feet. As when a prowling wolf whom hunger drives to seek new haunt for prey, watching where shepherds pen their flocks at eve in hurtled coats amid the field secure, leaps o'er the fence with ease into the fold, or as a thief bent to unhoard the cash of some rich burger, whose substantial doors cross-barred and bolted fast, fear no assault, in at the window climbs, or o'er the tiles, so clomb this first grand thief into God's fold. So since, into his church, lewd hirelings climb. Thence up he flew, and on the tree of life, the middle tree and highest there that grew, sat like a cormorant, yet not true life thereby regained, but sat devising death to them who lived, nor on the virtue thought of that life-giving plant, but only used for prospect, what well used, had been the pledge of immortality. So little knows any but God alone to value right the good before him, but perverts best things to worst abuse or to their meanest use. Beneath him, with new wonder now he views to all delight of human sense exposed, in narrow room, nature's whole wealth, yea, more, a heaven on earth. For blissful paradise of God the garden was, by him in the east of Eden planted. Eden stretched her line from Auron eastward to the royal towers of great Seleucia, built by Grecian kings, of where the sons of Eden long before dwelt in Telesar. In this pleasant soil his far more pleasant garden God ordained. Out of the fertile ground he caused to grow all trees of noblest kind for sight, smell, taste. And all amid them stood the tree of life, high eminent, blooming ambrosial fruit of vegetable gold, and next to life our death. The tree of knowledge grew fast by. Knowledge of good bought dear by knowing ill. Southward through Eden went a river large, nor changed his course, but through the shaggy hill passed underneath engulfed. For God had thrown that mountain as his garden mold high-raised upon the rapid current, which, through veins of porous earth with kindly thirst updrawn, rose a fresh fountain, and with many a rill watered the garden. 
thence united fell down the steep glade, and met the nether flood, which from his darksome passage now appears, and now, divided into four main streams, runs diverse, wandering many a famous realm and country, whereof here needs no account, but rather to tell how, if art could tell, how from that sapphire fount the crisped brooks, rolling on orient pearl and sands of gold, with mazy error, under pendant shades ran nectar, visiting each plant, and fed flowers worthy of paradise, which not nice art in beds and curious knots, but nature boon poured forth profuse on hill and dale and plain, both where the morning sun first warmly smote the open field, and where the unpierced shade embrowned the noontide bowers. Thus was this place a happy rural seat of various few. Groves, whose rich trees wept odorous gums and balm, others whose fruit, burnished with golden rind, hung amiable. Hesperian fables true, if true, here only, and of delicious taste. Betwixt them lawns or level down, and flocks grazing the tender herb were interposed, or palmy hillock, or the flowery lap of some irriguous valley spread her store, flowers of all hue, and without thorn the rose. Another side, umbrageous grots and caves of cool recess, o'er which the mantling vine lays forth her purple grape, and gently creeps luxuriant. Meanwhile, murmuring waters fall down the slope hills, dispersed, or in a lake that to the fringed bank with myrtle crowned her crystal mirror holds, unite their streams. The birds their choir apply, airs, vernal airs, breathing the smell of field and grove, attune the trembling leaves, while universal pan, knit with the graces and the hours in dance, led on the eternal spring. Not that fair field of Enna, where Proserpine gathering flowers, herself a fairer flower by gloomy dis was gathered, which cost Ceres all that pain to seek her through the world, nor that sweet grove of Daphne by Orontes and the inspired Castalian spring might with this paradise of Eden strive, nor that Nicean isle girt with the river Triton, where old Cham, whom Gentiles Ammon call, and Libyan Jove, hid Amalthea, and her florid son young Bacchus, from his stepdam Rhea's eye, nor where Abassan kings their issue guard, Mount Amara, though this by some supposed true paradise, under the Ethiop line by Nilus' head, enclosed with shining rock, a whole day's journey high, but wide remote from this Assyrian garden, where the fiend saw, undelighted, all delight, all kind of living creatures, new to sight, and strange too of far nobler shape, erect and tall, godlike erect, with native honor clad, in naked majesty seemed lords of all, and worthy seemed, for in their looks divine the image of their glorious maker shone, truth, wisdom, sanctitude severe and pure severe, but in true filial freedom placed, whence true authority in men, though both not equal, as their sex not equal seemed. For contemplation he, 
and valor formed, for softness she, and sweet attractive grace. He for God only, she for God in him. His fair large front and eye sublime declared absolute rule, and hyacinthine locks round from his parted forelock manly hung clustering, but not beneath his shoulders broad. She, as a veil, down to the slender waist, her unadorned golden tresses wore disheveled, but in wanton ringlets waved as the vine curls her tendrils, which implied subjection, but required with gentle sway, and by her yielded, by him best received, yielded with coy submission, modest pride, and sweet, reluctant, amorous delay. Nor those mysterious parts were then concealed. Then was not guilty shame, dishonest shame of nature's works, honor dishonorable, sin-bred. How have ye troubled all mankind with shows instead, mere shows of seeming pure, and banished from man's life his happiest life, simplicity and spotless innocence. So passed they naked on, nor shunned the sight of God or angel, for they thought no ill. So hand in hand they passed, the loveliest pair that ever since in love's embraces met. Adam, the goodliest man of men since born his sons, the fairest of her daughters, Eve. Under a tuft of shade that on a green stood whispering soft, by a fresh fountain side they sat them down, and after no more toil of their sweet gardening labor than sufficed to recommend cool zephyr, and made ease more easy, wholesome thirst and appetite more grateful, to their supper fruits they fell, nectarine fruits which the compliant boughs yielded them, sidelong as they sat reclined on the soft downy bank damasked with flowers, the savory pulp they chew, and in the rind, still as they thirsted, scooped the brimming stream, nor gentle purpose, nor endearing smiles wanted, nor youthful dalliance, as beseems fair couple, linked in happy nuptial league, alone as they. About them frisking played all beasts of the earth, since wild, and of all chase in wood or wilderness, forest or den. Sporting the lion ramped, and in his paw dandled the kid, Bears, tigers, ounces, pards, gambled before them. The unwieldy elephant, to make them mirth, used all his might and wreathed his live proboscis. Close the serpent sly, insinuating, wove with Gordian twine his braided train, and of his fatal guile gave proof unheeded. Others on the grass couched, and now filled with pasture gazing sat, or bedward ruminating. For the sun, declined, was hasting now with prone career to the ocean isles, and in the ascending scale of heaven the stars that usher evening rose, when Satan, still in gaze, as first he stood, scarce thus at length, failed speech, recovered sad. O oh, hell, what do mine eyes with grief behold? Into our room of bliss thus high advanced creatures of other mould, Earthborn, perhaps, not spirits, yet to heavenly spirits bright, little inferior, whom my thoughts pursue with wonder, 
and could love, so lively shines in them divine resemblance, and such grace the hand that formed them on their shape hath poured. Ah, gentle pair, ye little think how nigh your change approaches, when all these delights will vanish, and deliver ye to woe, more woe, the more your taste is now of joy, happy, but for so happy, ill-secured long to continue. And this high seat, your heaven, ill-fenced for heaven to keep out such a foe, as now is entered, yet no purposed foe to you, whom I could pity thus forlorn, though I unpitied. League with you I seek, and mutual amity, so straight, so close, that I with you must dwell, or you with me henceforth. My dwelling haply may not please, like this fair paradise, your sense. Yet such accept your Maker's work. He gave it me, which I as freely give. Hell shall unfold to entertain you too, her widest gates, and send forth all her kings. There will be room, not like these narrow limits, to receive your numerous offspring. If no better place, thank him who puts me loath to this revenge on you, who wrong me not for him who wronged. And should I at your harmless innocence melt, as I do, yet public reason just, honor and empire with revenge enlarged, by conquering this new world, compels me now to do what else, though damned, I should abhor. Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where we ought to be, and when we find ourselves in the place just right, t'will be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right.